talking about potentially one of the worst collapses in NFL history. And that's what you were thinking early in the third quarter. I know you were. If you're a Steelers fan, that's what you were thinking because the team was in the middle of yet another collapse and they're down 24-7. You're thinking, this is over. It's game over, man. Matt Geidke from Steelers Now and Pittsburgh Sports Live joins us on the phone line right now. I want to get his thoughts because here's the thing, Matt. They came back and won and they showed us some promise and gunslinger Ben returned, as you mentioned on your post game. Uh, and the offense did some things that we can feel better about. But should we feel better about the Steelers? And, and or are we, are, are we going to lull ourselves into feeling better when actually we only saw a quarter and a half of desperation play? Well, I think that we should definitely feel better. I don't think we should feel great at this point yet. I'd still like to see more, and I'm not sure how much we're going to see more before the end of the regular season. I guess we'll we'll figure it out once we see uh, who plays and who doesn't against Cleveland. But, Corey, I thought that version that we saw of the Steelers in the second half, uh, the offense, that is, I thought that version of them uh, was dead. So uh, just the fact that we saw it again was a revelation for me. And I was I was legitimately wondering if we were ever going to see uh, the team look explosive or anywhere close to being as explosive as they were in select games earlier in the year. First half of the year, I think you could say this was uh, a, a team that was uh, not as good as any offense in the league, but definitely top third, if not uh, you know top five. So um, to see them fall off as much as they did, and to see the quarterback's play fall off as much as it did, I think that was shocking. So um, just as shocking to see them rise back up out of the grave, at least for a couple of quarters. For me, that at least gives me the – the, the hope that uh, they can make that first playoff game uh, a competition. I was thinking it was, it was going to be one and done, and there wasn't going to be much of a dispute about that. But now at least we have some doubt. We have some, uh, some thoughts in our mind. I think we should have some thoughts in our mind that this team uh, can at least make that first playoff game a, a good battle, and then we'll see where they go from there. What changed? Down 24-7, three and a half bad games, what what changed? What magic pill took place to allow what we saw in the last quarter and a half? I think. Well, I think actually, I don't. I don't even want to say quarter and a half. I know they got stopped at the goal line on the first drive of the third quarter, but they moved the ball down the field there too. And I part of it, I think, is Chase Claypool. We saw him get in. He um, made a nice long catch on that first drive of the third quarter that ended up leading to no points, but. Uh, that was the best drive of the game to that point, and I know it was low standards, but still. But once the Steelers started to stretch the field vertically down the field, then the Colts had to back off the line of scrimmage a little bit. Uh, you heard Tony Romo talk about it during the broadcast, if you have to sound up, that the Colts in the first half, their safeties were like 10 yards from the line. Uh, <laughs> it was like a high school-type defense when you're playing against a team that never throws it. And uh, so that's where the Steelers were at. They were being disrespected, honestly, and for good reason, because they hadn't proven they could get the ball down the field. So Claypool gets in there with his speed and physicality. He stretches it a bit. They make a couple completions there. Uh, Then they get the ball right back, and they go deep to Deontay Johnson. And he was actually open a couple of times in the first half down the seams, but Ben couldn't hit him. They got their lines crossed a couple of times on some routes. Uh, But they figured it out on that, that long touchdown to start the comeback, and from then on, the Colts had to honor it. They had to back off a little bit. I think it's simple as that. Whether it was the quarterback finally 
completing a deep ball, finally having the confidence to, uh, to complete a deep ball, or the receivers finally getting some separation. Um, one of those things happened, and then from there, the chain reaction was that the underneath stuff opened up. We saw James Conner get a couple of decent chunks off draw plays. Suddenly the playbook was open, too. Matt Geica from Steelers Now and Pittsburgh Sports Live. The running game issue is is still a concern, as Matt mentioned. Uh, Connor did break free a couple times, but on all the third and short, any kind of short, short situations, you saw Ben throwing the ball, little uh, quick hitters for a yard or two, and those worked. And look, that can work. That obviously in today's game, that's as good of a running as a running play if it can work. What what are we going to need to see if the Steelers are going to win a playoff game or advance at all? Are we just going to have to see 75% of those plays work, or do you have faith that they can get the running game going to any degree to convert a third and two, fourth and one? I don't have a lot of faith in the running game getting going. For everything that we saw positive yesterday in the second half, they still got stopped on some uh, third and short, fourth and, fourth and short situations, whether it be that opening drive of the half that we talked about, or, or late in the game, too, they tried to run for a first down after a couple of short completions that Juju moved the six. Then uh, they tried to run. It didn't work. So <laughs> I don't know if it's anything you can control necessarily, but I just think they can't get into these short situations. They're going to have to get chunks of yardage. They're going to have to avoid uh, the, uh, the short yardage spots where the other team knows what you're going to do, basically. And uh, it doesn't bode well if they get down inside the five, I'll say that, or inside the ten even, just because there's less room there and, and the defenses can can sell out more on the short yardage stuff. So that's going to be a trouble spot, and that's what limits their potential for sure. That's what puts them behind, in my mind, the Chiefs, uh, the Ravens as well. We know the Ravens can get a yard or two when they need to get it. So um, it, it may just be dumb luck, Corey, that they don't fall into those situations too often or they're able to get these long touchdowns or, or big chunks, and you don't have to worry too much about uh, short yardage. But I just don't see them lining up and knocking anybody off the ball at this point. And it's no real knock on the running backs. I just think the offensive line can't get it done at this point. How about Ben? Because we did see some some deep balls yesterday. Um, was it just confidence for him? What, what, what do you think's going on in his head? He, yeah, he's been doubted for several weeks now, and we've questioned the arm strength. I think you mentioned in your postgame video, I believe I heard you say it, that you know, with Phillip Rivers, he can prove that you know arm strength isn't the most important thing. Certainly Drew Brees doesn't have the strongest arm. I mean, Tom Brady's never had a great arm. How do the Steelers and Ben operate – uh, if he doesn't have the arm strength and teams are figuring out the dink and dunk and, and they can stop, what, what do we expect to see and how can they be optimistic about what they've got going forward? Well, Ben's just got to play like he has the arm strength. I think we saw that at times uh, yesterday. I really do believe this was a confidence issue. It was a mental issue. He wasn't reading defenses the right way. And I think any of us who played any level of sports know that it can snowball on you in a hurry, regardless of your level of ability. Now, none of us are close to Ben Roethlisberger's level of aptitude and anything that we've done athletically, but um, I think it's a relatable situation where just that negative momentum gets going, and uh, the result of that is what we saw in the second half against Buffalo, the entire game against Cincinnati, one of the worst games I've ever seen him play, at least since he was a rookie or a second-year player and was making some really questionable decisions. So I think he lost some ability in his, in his, uh, in his arm, Strength, some uh, some ability 
in his uh, in his legs to keep plays alive. So um, I just feel like that snowballed on him a bit. But like you said, Rivers, Breeze, these are guys who largely get the ball out quickly, like we've seen with Ben this year a lot. So that's, I think, um, definitely uh, an advantageous strategy to keep up is uh, to, to more often than not get it out quickly. But to be decisive, to make the right reads, that's all quarterbacking is. It makes it sound easy, but it's not. Uh, but if you are making the right reads, then you can put the ball um, in, a, in a great spot on time, and it doesn't have to be at a high velocity. So we saw it from Rivers in the first half yesterday. We saw it from Ben in the second half yesterday. Plus some, some pump fakes some things to get safeties to hesitate. That worked on the Juju touchdown to uh, put them ahead and ultimately win the game. So operate with some swagger. I think that'd be my, uh, my advice to Ben is, uh, you know, just play like you've always played. We know you're not going to be able to squeeze it into the tightest of windows anymore, but there's still a lot there. And uh, as long as he's playing smart and as long as he's making the right reads, he can do what we saw in the second half, maybe not for an entire game, but uh, at least for long enough to give the Steelers a chance to win. The pump fake was a thing of beauty on the uh, TD to to Juju. And Tony Romo really hammered that. Uh, you mentioned Tony Romo earlier. Uh, he's going Dion Navy. He's picking out things. Kill, kill, kill. Uh, how good is Tony Romo, man? As a, as a football fan, when you're watching a, a game that Tony Romo is doing, do you, do you feel like you're going to learn something every every one of those games? Well, what Tony has going for him, beyond the, the ease on the air, which is tough to teach, but what he has going for him is he's a contemporary quarterback. When have we seen a contemporary QB step in it's not too often and uh, i guess we'll see maybe peyton manning i've heard that he's rumored to perhaps head on over to espn for the monday night booth next year i think we could see a similar situation with him a guy who's hosted snl for crying out loud i think he can handle a, uh, a, a broadcast where he's not even on camera for most of it but yeah tony's got the ease but he's also he you have to be a cerebral guy to play quarterback in general uh but he knows a lot of the current players he knows current terminology he understands what the game is like now and no offense to someone like a boomer or siason or a phil sims but uh last time they played it was practically a different game so i think that's what makes it all come together excuse me for for tony is that he's got that recent uh that recent experience now the challenge for him will be to maintain that right and to, to stay well read and and educated on the latest adjustments and trends yeah we've seen analysts not really handle that very well in the past well (laughs) right now tony's done great as you're saying all that all i can think about is dan fouts in the water boy can't hold anything back now (laughs) and musburger says i know and and that is that's true that's what we get from a lot of these elderly uh former players it was my it was my beef in baseball as well back when i played hey look you can pull the back when you played sometimes in some situations. But when the game has changed completely, I think that's a good point Matt made about, about Tony. Tony played recently. You know, Phil Simms, some of these other guys played a long time ago. I, I always feel like as I'm watching, look, football's a very – we think we know football. Folks, you don't have the foggiest idea what an offensive lineman is doing. You don't have a clue. You have no clue. Unless you ever played offensive line, you have no clue. That position is so unique – you don't have they, you. You can hear them explain it to you. You just don't know. You don't know what a quarterback is looking at. Maybe you played quarterback on your seventh grade team. Maybe you played quarterback on your family flag football event, and you think you have an, any idea what what quarterback is like. You don't. You don't have any idea what playing quarterback is like. We are in football. 
at the mercy of what these announcers tell us, I believe. Not necessarily basketball and baseball. Everybody plays basketball. Everybody played baseball at some point as a kid. You agree with me there that when it comes to football, these announcers can tell us whatever the hell they want, and and people they can either believe it or not. They don't. They don't really know because they haven't been in that situation for the most part. Yeah, and I think particularly with quarterback, it, it's a position where you have to know the offense and the defense, right? You have to know all the trends that are going on uh, in the league on the defensive side. So that's why I, I think you see someone like Tony do that well. But overall, yeah, football is a complicated game. Um, 11 on 11, and it's all highly scripted. Uh, we see, you know, soccer's 11 on 11, but it's very loosely scripted. Um, hockey, it's got, you've got some, some, um, some tactics for sure and some things that have changed over the years. But generally speaking, uh, the concepts remain the same. Same deal for basketball, free-flowing sport uh, for the most part, outside of, uh, you know, a few called plays here or there. So football is, is the one game that is really like chess on grass. So um, it really helps to have a grandmaster, right, a recent grandmaster in there to tell you what's going on because uh, you and I, Corey, we, we, we could listen to a play call and have no idea what's going on. So um, and the concepts are, are endlessly complicated. It, it seems like, for me, it's a miracle anytime anybody completes a, a pass or <laughs> makes the right read of a defense because um, just because we don't have the experience in doing it. Now, I understand everyone gets better at something the more they do of it, but there are so precious few of those people who have done it at the highest level that, yeah, whenever uh, Romo's doing a game, I, I, I perk my ears up as much as possible because I'm trying to learn something as, as much as enjoy the game. Last thing for you, Matt Geidka from Steelers Now and Pittsburgh Sword Life. I'm going to steal the easy answer. The easy answer for this is defense. I think the defense is still okay. But give me one reason why we should think the Steelers could make a run in the playoffs. I think they still have explosive playmakers like Deontay Johnson, like Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster. He's more of a short yardage guy this year, but uh, when he was playing second fiddle to Antonio Brown, we saw what he could do too, so... I'm still encouraged by the, the young receiver core. I think that's still a, a unit that ranks right up there with most, if not all, in the NFL. So it's not like Ben's playing with, uh, with chicken scratch out there. He's, he's got some weapons. Uh, Eric Ebron, when things are open under the, uh, you know, underneath the coverage, he can make plays too. So there, there's a lot going for the Steelers' offense um, when the quarterback is right. And I hate to make it that, that simple, but – um, if Ben can take what he had in that second half yesterday and, and push it forward, I, I still think this is a team that can put a scare into anybody, not necessarily beat anybody um, eight or nine times out of ten. Uh, I still feel like it's the Chiefs league, and then the Ravens are coming on as strong as ever. And you've got spicy teams like what we saw with the Colts yesterday. The Browns still are a contender. There's plenty of contenders in the AFC. It's going to be difficult Uh but uh, we saw that flash yesterday, and um, I, I still think that you have guys like Johnson and Claypool who are getting better as the season goes along because this is the most they've played at this level um, uh, in, in terms of a cumulative season. So that's the, the, the bright spot beyond the defense, I would say. Defense still remains a strength, and uh, I think that'll still be the thing that keeps them in the game. But put them over the top, you're going to have to see these young playmakers make some plays. Good stuff. Matt Geica, Steelers Now and Pittsburgh Sports Live. Appreciate the time, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your week. Happy, ha- Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you as well. Yeah, same to you, Corey, and all your listeners. Appreciate you having me again.